The text for the sermon this day is taken from Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 46, and it writes, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their, in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. This is the word of the Lord. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we come to the very end of this kind of what I'd call the secular Christmas season, or specifically the Advent season, it's kind of interesting to think about what is the message of what we are supposed to expect to have the feeling and the emotions that are necessary for Christmas. We are told, and I'm thinking, especially think about like commercials and movies and TV specials. For example, commercials will tell you all about how you can win Christmas. And how you do that, of course, is you got to find the absolute perfect gifts for everybody. And if you do that, you've won Christmas. And according to the car commercials, they apparently think that um, you can win, the, win Christmas by buying a car without consulting with your spouse at all about buying that car. But anyways. <laughs> so, but anyways, that's what they all say that you can go and do. Or, you can look at things like many of the Christmas specials, like, now I understand I'm not going to get the controversial end of this. I don't know why it's controversial after how many years. But it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I love it. And yes, it's supposed to be a message about not getting, it's, it's supposed to be an anti-bullying thing. Anyways, that's a whole other issue. But, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the whole thing is, is if, if Santa can't get his sleigh off, then there can't be Christmas. Well, because we, we are told that unless there are presents delivered and it's, there's no Santa Claus, then there is no Christmas. How many different specials are all about that message? The Santa Claus movie with Tim Allen, same thing. It's, if he doesn't get married... Ah, Santa, all right, Christmas is over. That was the second movie, if you're wondering. Or let's take a movie that is one that I, and by the way, I'm just going to let you know I love all these movies and all these specials. There's a reason I'm this familiar with them. But anyways, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Totally love the movie. But there you have the uh, really um, interesting decorating of the house. 
I haven't seen anybody in town decorate their house with that many lights. But there is that, I, of course, there the movie actually points out that that is not what it's about. But in the end, it, he's standing there and says, you know, it's not about lights, it's not about presents, it's not about bonuses, but it's about what that, that which matters the most. Of course, he points to his family. And granted, your family is a wonderful thing, a wonderful blessing to God. But is that actually what Christmas is about? And actually, there are many people that will say, no, I can't go to church on Christmas because that's all about my family. All admitting the fact that it's called Christ's Mass, which by that word means you're supposed to go to church. That's why it's called Christ's Mass, not Christ's Day at Your Home Day. So, but anyways. Or you could take another one. A movie that apparently, that honestly might be one of the great movies of all time. Christmas movie or not. It's a wonderful life. The message there is that at the end it says, no one is poor as long as he has friends. Well, here's the thing. The problem with all those messages, and, I'm gonna exp and it's actually the reason why I believe it's not why we don't go right to Christmas. It's the reason why it is still Advent. And I believe that the reason that we put all these things into the heart of what Christmas is about is reason for repentance, for confession. Because the reality is, is that there are people that can't afford to win Christmas with the best gifts. There are kids that do not get presents underneath the tree from Santa Claus because there is no one that can afford to bring it to them. There are those who cannot decorate their house with lights because they don't have a house to decorate. There are those, they've actually did a study and found that 10% of those who are over the age of 65 have no one to spend Christmas with. And amongst millennials, that's 20%. They're actually finding that's going up. So we're going to tell them, well, Christmas just isn't your holiday. Or maybe even we have that song, I'm dreaming of a what? White Christmas. Now, according to the other forecast, we may actually get a little bit of white tomorrow. But if we don't, does that mean ah, Christmas is canceled? We don't have enough snow. You'll have to go to Storm Lake. I saw they got a little bit more snow than us. But are we to cancel it? No. See, the thing is, is the theme of our secular Christmas seems to be all about our kingdom, what we have developed in our lives, what we have built up. But yet when you read the Magnificat, which, what, which, which was the text that I began with, Words that if you've been to our Advent services and our Thanksgiving Eve service, we have been singing a version of that. My soul magnifies the Lord. That's a version of it. And actually in a little bit, we're going to sing a hymn version of it. And later the contemporary service is going to get a nice little video version of it. Kind of a contemporized version. 
But anyways, this song is a song that the church has sung throughout the years. Luther believed that every single leader, every single person in authority should know the Magnificat by heart. Because in it, you have one message really stands out. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. See, throughout the year, we are going to be going through the Gospel of Luke from now all the way until the end of November. And the Gospel of Luke is an ongoing theme about how God exalts the lowly. Think of Mary, a 13 to 15-year-old girl. Finds out she is pregnant with a child who happens to, who is the Christ. And she receives this news gladly. But the thing we actually get details later is that Mary is a woman of poverty. Joseph is also an individual of poverty. This gets detailed when in Luke chapter 2, Jesus is presented at the temple and they bring a t either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. The only people that would bring that are those who are of poverty. Those who are wealthy would bring a lamb or, a, or something of that nature. This was a sign that they were poor. So Christ was not to be born in a house of nobility or of great wealth, but to a, to a young woman who is not married yet, of, of great poverty. And yet God chose this woman. And he chose to exalt her throughout the histories. Elizabeth, as you heard in the text, said, Blessed is he, she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what had been spoken to her from the Lord. Says that She says, Blessed is the fruit of your womb. No, it's for all ages people would exalt her. There's a reason why she is called the most blessed Virgin Mary. Even Lutherans say this. And the reason is, is because, think about it, no one has ever been closer to God than she was. When you partake, when you partake a piece of bread, have you ever eaten a piece of bread knowing that that piece of bread fed God himself? I haven't, because I don't think I'm going to get pregnant anytime soon. So, none of us know that unless your name is Mary. That's how close she was. And for that reason, she, has been, she was exalted from her lowly estate. Tomorrow, when you come to the Christmas Eve service, you'll hear from Luke 2. Who is the very first group of people that the birth of Jesus is announced to? Shepherds. Shepherds in the time of Jesus were not even allowed to enter into the temple because they were considered unclean. And yet, they were the first ones chosen to greet the temple himself when he was born. 
God chose those who were of lowly estate, and he exalted them. Later, Jesus, when he was growing up and preaching and teaching, he would preach on the sermon ma- on the, in the Sermon on the Mount. He would say, blessed are the who? Poor in spirit. Later, Jesus would tell a parable of a Pharisee and a tax collector. The the Pharisee would stand there. And by the way, when Mary is talking about those who are rich, those who are on their thrones, she's not talking about just monetary wealth. She's talking about those who trust in their riches. She's talking about those who put themselves on a throne because they think they're all right, that they're pretty good. Like the Pharisee who said, I thank you, Lord, that I am not like others. Especially not like this tax collector. Meanwhile, the tax collector was the one who was on his knees and says, beating his chest and saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am a sinner. And God had mercy on that tax collector. That tax collector was elevated in contrast to the Pharisee. It is even in the Gospel of Luke that we have the detail of a thief hanging on the cross saying, Remember me when you enter into your kingdom. To which Jesus says, Today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus himself is one who he was exalted. He was as exalted as exalted can be. He was on the throne, being worshipped and adored by the seraphim, who sang, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, at which the temples shook. And he gave that up to be in the womb of a girl, to grow up into a life where he would be mocked and humiliated and hated. Look at our sanctuary right now. Look how beautifully decorated it is. What wonderful work the individuals of our congregation have put in to decorate this. This speaks so wonderfully to the fact that tomorrow, when we celebrate that Christmas feast, that we are celebrating the birth of a king. Not just a king, the king of kings and lord of lords. But also consider the contrast between this and what it's going to look like at the end of Maundy Thursday. When this will be completely stripped, where you will just see the altar. No candles, no pyramids, no flowers, nothing. Reminding you that that child would grow up to be beaten to be tortured, to be stripped naked, to be completely emptied of all of his glory. See, the thing is that Jesus and the, the Apostle Paul in Philippians says that our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus who even though he was in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but rather made himself nothing, 
He emptied himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. See, the season of Advent precedes Christmas. Because the thing is, is, is our world is telling us all about how we can build up our earthly kingdom and make it bigger and grander through the Christmas celebration. We have to come to Advent. And this is why we have Wednesday services, because during this in our secular season, we need more than one day a week. We need, to some, we need that day in the middle of the week to interrupt us and say, hey, we... Christmas is not about our kingdom. Rather, Christmas is about the reality that our kingdom is but ash. It's worthless. It's rubbish. Rather, to set our hearts and minds upon the, the kingdom that is to come. I mean, think about it. Throughout this Advent, this, this season... How much of us are getting stressed out, getting, getting short with our family and friends because we are stressed out about the things that ultimately are about our earthly kingdom. See, the Magnificat, the Gospel of Luke, it's all about the reality that Christ came. And by the way, so going to Christmas programs, can anybody guess which Christmas program gets it completely right? Hint, it, had, it aired on TV just the other night. Charlie Brown Christmas. Because if you watch, watch throughout that go if you've never seen it, just go find it, pick it up, it's worth it. It's a half hour, it won't take up a lot of your time. So, it, if you ever watch it, throughout the entire episode, there's a big emphasis on Linus and his his blanket. That he says, aren't you ever going to let go of that, that blanket of yours? What if you have to be a shepherd? And he makes it into a shepherd's hat. He comes up with all these creative ways where he will not let go of it. But meanwhile, Charlie Brown is getting all upset. It's like he's looking at the fact that he's not getting any Christmas cards. He's getting annoyed by people, the way people are getting obsessed with the wrong things about the celebration. And eventually says, is there anybody in the world that knows what Christmas is all about? And then Linus steps forward, holding that, that blanket. He drops it to the ground and says, and quotes Luke chapter 2. Because in that moment, he takes security, not in his blanket, but in the promise of the Christ that was born for him. And then, a little bit, and remember, this all started, if you've seen it, this all started because Charlie Brown got a tree that was poor and shriveled, and you saw the needles falling apart. And he steps away, and he's kind of still thinking about everything, and he sets the the tree right next to Snoopy's house, which apparently won for decorations. And all the kids follow after him. And they see the tree and they say, it's not really a bad tree. It just needs some tender, loving care. And they go and they grab all the ornaments off to Snoopy's house and put it on the tree and makes it beautiful. See, the season of Advent is all about reminding us that ultimately all of us have nothing. All of us are nothing. All of us are like that little tree, shriveled and broken and falling to pieces. 
But Christ, when he came and he claimed us in the waters of baptism, uniting us to his death on the cross and uniting us to his resurrection, he made in his tender, loving care, he makes us extraordinarily beautiful. See, the kingdoms that we have, it's okay to decorate your house. It's okay to give presents. It's great to celebrate your, with your family. But remember, the beauty of that, the wonder, the, the glory of that, that is not the point of Christmas. Rather, the point of Christmas is the one who is born. The reason we celebrate Advent is to get our hearts ready for him to come, that he may give meaning and purpose and value to us in our kingdoms. He makes our kingdom that is rubbish into something of worth. And he gives us out his kingdom. And then finally, to remember, there are people who do not have friends to spend Christmas with, who don't have families. They can't afford a meal. They can't afford gifts. And what are we to do if we have that? How can we, like Christ, who lifted the lowly, how can we be Christians? Christ, little Christ, unto our neighbor and share that same love and exalt the lowly. Where do we have that opportunity? May we look for it throughout the Christmas season, which, by the way, Christmas starts tomorrow at 6 o'clock, and it does not end until January 5th. It's 12 days. So, which is, by the way, that's why we say happy holidays. Because Christmas, St. Stephen, St. John, Holy Innocence, the feast of da the celebration of David, circumcision and naming of Jesus, the feast of Epiphany. Those are all within the span of 12 days. That's why we say happy holidays, because they are holy days set apart for worshiping Christ. May we do so in Jesus' name. Amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. At this time, we continue by singing My Soul Magnifies, or the, we sing in the hymn. <laughs>